good? You want to do a thing then? Let me try to stop being stupid on the internet. Are you being stupid on the internet right now? Let me just show you. (laughs) 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 On that happy note. (laughs) So I'm good. Okay, no more being stupid. It's the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast. So, 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 so. <laughs> where, where, where? Turn off your phone, Todd. That was my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Todd Mitchell here, John Scheiber there. How, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm not doing too bad. A little tired from work, and I managed to have the uh, bad the bad daddy touch today. I made the infant cry, blubber and cry, and the, the near four-year-old cry. So, mm. had a rough daddy day. Yeah. That, uh, but I'm here and I'm ready to do it. Yeah. This is our only refuge. Uh, (laughs) I know what you mean. My only funny thing before you got online, while I was getting ready and checking sound and everything, this spider pops up over the the back of the keyboard, runs across it. And it's like just big enough for me to be like, Oh shit, what's going on? And it, (laughs) which was fine. I, I turned the keyboard over and I'm about ready to like squash this thing. So I grab a sticky note because that's what you do. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I take a swing at it, and the sticky note, like, obscures my trajectory. I miss it, and it jumps into this shirt that I'm using to cover the back of the microphone and disappeared. So it's probably very close to my face, wherever it is. <laughs> That's awesome, buddy. So if you see me duck like I'm, like, trying to avoid gunfire, it's all spider-related. <laughs> but spiders don't bother me. I don't want one to get all up in my junk, but... Yeah, no, I hear you, man. One's up in my junk right now, so... That's what it, I, got it, I, I hope I hope not. It might have died. It might have run away. But it jumped from the desk to the shirt just to uh, stick it to the man. <laughs> Enough with you. I'm the 98%. <laughs> Congratulations to him. So we're going to talk about what, what's, what's, on, what's on the plate, what's on the dinner plate. Well, so last week we did a show on accessibility, which was very well received. Got a ton of hits. Uh, a lot of people that, that resonated. I knew it would. People were very into that, and so it got me thinking what other kind of things uh, hold us back, intimidate us as developers, and I I was looking around social media, and I thought, like, what's sort of the recurring theme with people, things they're having trouble with, things getting in the way of their projects, and what I really came back to every time was actually not development-specific, but it's stuff about productivity and organization, People telling each other, like, yeah, I got this project going if I could just get it done or, you know, I, I uh, real soon, oh, I'm yeah. going to get this. Like, real soon is is the uh, <laughs> the timeline for, like, every project online right now. It's like, real soon, man. Real soon. It's going to be hitting Steam. Real soon is going to be hitting Kickstarter. Uh, real soon. <laughs> coming to Steam real soon, yeah. We got our Kickstarter money, but don't worry. Those rewards are coming real soon. <laughs> yeah, those backer rewards are coming real soon. Real soon. So... <laughs> I want to get us all collectively past real soon. And I've got real soon stuff too. I'm, I'm oh, wrapping man, up Everybody's stuff with <laughs> got real soon stuff. Everybody I've, has real soon. I'm telling clients real soon. Like I've got freelance projects real soon, real soon. So I get it. Like I totally get it. But I want to talk about how we can sort of streamline our own efforts, get our, our shit together and, and get some stuff done. And this is going to be cool because we do have specific stuff to talk about, but we also have many open-ended things and we're going to be talking about doing what's right for you, what helps you get stuff done. So I want to hear things that, that help you get through these different uh, things we're going to talk about. I'll tell you how I work best. Hopefully just get people in the right mindset. Just sort of move past it, you know? Yep. So our, our big two categories for this are, um, first I want to talk about organizing your projects. or just staying organized in general. 
I'm not a naturally super organized person, and I, I don't know yeah, about I'm you. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm, no, married, not. I'm, I'm married to a super organized person, and I, I don't know about your wife, uh, her organization level, but like, there's a certain level it has to be at, and I think, I think that's really what we're going to drive at here. I tend to be organized in the things, like the one thing that's consuming me. And I think that that's where sometimes I fall short. And what I do is I need to be organized across the board so that it's convenient for everything to branch off of, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, it, perfect. I know what you mean, and that's going to factor in here shortly when we're talking okay. about productivity. I am, I am the same way uh, to a certain extent. If I've got a project in front of me, everything else is like, where's all the mail in that garbage bag? You know, <laughs> <laughs> or, or even it's like, um, I catch myself doing this a lot with like studio projects. It'll yeah. be, that'll be organized. But then where the sources of some of the information are pulling from on the hard drive is disorganized. But the way that it looks inside of the, the doll can be organized, but you're right. I think I'm letting the cart before the horse here a little bit, but yeah, that's that's brutal too. So that that almost would have been a better way to even organize the notes is organizing the thing you are working on and then organizing everything else. So let's yes. look at it from that perspective. Let's start with the actual project. We can talk about individual stuff, your studio stuff, my freelance stuff, and we can talk about group efforts like the uh, like our Twitch project. How best to organize these things in such a way that you it, it's not holding you back. It's not slowing you down. Yeah actual file organization like on your computer in unity and dropbox in your uh, source code repository anywhere you've got files you have to organize them and and this is sort of a no shit point but i i know so many people who will just put like we're talking about the kind of people who have the desktop arranged in the shape of a penis with the icons and if you move one they can't find anything anymore it's like where'd it go that was at the the left ball you know <laughs> it's it's like can you please, if you ask my wife, I have this problem because my desktop is messy, but there is a certain order to it. I'm, I'm interested in encouraging you to actually organize your files into directories. You know, you can usually see your directory structure from your actual code editor. If, even if you're in Unity or if you use something like Atom, you have to separate things out in, into a way that you can get to them without staring for like 30 seconds because that little 30 second interval where you're not doing something is when everything falls apart that's when yeah. the phone goes off you know facebook comes calling you get a tweet you get those goddamn notifications on your desktop from a website what wait a minute how, how it, does that happen yeah in windows 10 if you don't block them and it, this oh, is yeah. like like an html5 thing now i think but okay. websites can basically like, hey, would you like me to be able to notify you on the desktop when the browser's shut? And, of course, you should say no every single time. Oh, man. I've but, got that on lockdown. So much so that certain programs weren't, weren't functioning correctly with online <laughs> connectivity through Microsoft. But I digress. Exactly. Like, if I get a Facebook notification and Facebook's not even open, it'll show up on my desktop. And that is a nightmare. Oh, boy. You can't change it the same way you used to be able to either. I like the new way. It's easier the way that you go through the settings menu. But uh, for an old hat, it took me a second because I was like, where's my control panel options? <laughs> That's another quick side note on organizing yourself. Find that stuff on your computer that pops up every time when it doesn't need to and yeah. all those extra startup programs you don't need. Like, Take the time to fix that. Just just stop that and you'll you'll gain a bunch of time back right there. 
Well, and then another thing that you were talking about, about your desktop, before we move on past that too far, I wanted to share how my desktop scenario goes because it's a big deal. I mean, yeah. I, it, it sounds so trivial, but it's actually really important. I like to keep mine clean after a certain point. But what I end up doing is I have a bunch of document folders in my documents that's like desktop, and then I put the date that I cleaned it, and I sometimes will never open them again. It's oh. <laughs> so, so like keeping – what you need on the screen is huge. It helps me stay so focused when I see, you know, my Unity icon, my Cubase icon, you know, my my Microsoft uh, Xbox icon, you know, Discord. I just I just see the things that I use that I know are going to have the functions that I want instead of just all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. Another part of organizing your your damn files, as I have in the notes, is actually organizing... If you listen to this podcast, you probably deal in code. And that's another fantastic place to get organized. We, we talk about solo projects and indie projects and all this stuff, and that should not be synonymous with, like, terribly unorganized code. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> just because you're not going to sit through a code review tomorrow uh, doesn't mean you should spend precious hours of your mortal life trying to figure out your own code in four weeks <laughs> so man and it's and for a person that's extremely amateur at it it is so easy to get lost in in cleaning it up and like trying to fix little areas instead of just doing the lazy thing and closing out a command that you don't even really know where it begins <laughs> yeah yeah and you're just like oh, i'll just close this <laughs> And hope it works. And then not know what you did later at all. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of this. Um, and, and we're not going to go into real specific stuff about organizing code. But whatever code you use, whatever tools you use, languages, you can go out very easily and find strategies for the best way to organize those files. Or those functions. Or what should be kept where. What should be reused in what way. It's always very simple I was able to do it in like five minutes with the stuff that I currently use when I was putting these notes together. Somebody on Stack Overflow, somebody on Medium, someone has something that you can implement right away to improve your life. And I'm just suggesting you take five minutes and go do it. I can't tell you how much better it feels when you pick up a, a tool that's going to, or a, a tip that's going to save you an hour a day. Maybe yeah. not even an hour a day. 15 minutes, you know. For every six hours you work. Yeah, that's bad. That's worth it. Yeah. My, my last thing about organizing your code is refactoring sessions. And that, that simply means, for those not familiar with that, you've been coding on something for two weeks. Take, take an hour and go back through your files to read through it and see what still makes sense and what doesn't. You will recode stuff and abandon it. You will stop using a method or uh, you will copy something in one place and now it exists in two places and needs to be just rewritten in one separate place where you call it from both locations. Programmers know what I'm talking about here, but do force yourself to go back and do that refactoring so that your project is uh, better at the end of that time and not worse. You know, after a certain age, a software project is either going to actively get better at all times or worse at all times. Make sure it's getting yeah. better. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just uh, definitely something you want to look into, this, the, the polished nature of something. And this goes across so many levels of, of professional uh, work that mm -hmm. you see. You know, that professional finished project uh, and very polished. And that's, that's part of this for sure. Yeah. You, want that, you want that to be 
free from as many defects as as you can help. I mean, it's it's your work. I you know that just screams to me that you would want that, especially that part, to be very yeah. clean and professional. Mess is where stuff creeps in and breaks. Bugs crawl in through that hole in in the tidiness. It's it's yeah. um and and what I'm really pushing here is for you to treat yourself and your own efforts more the way that a professional studio or uh you know triple a whatever the next level up is for you act like you're already there and then when when the big interview comes around you you're gonna have code to show off that looks immaculate at a moment's yep. notice people notice that if you go like oh you're a you're a great c sharp coder huh can you send something over if you take eight hours to send over a code sample they know what's going on <laughs> you know yeah. they, they know you're frantically cleaning it up because you're coding in a messy way and you're not organized and it would it would stand out to me for sure if I was picking up a freelance coder and they were like, yeah, I'll get that to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, somebody either doesn't want this job as much as I thought or someone is scrambling to get this stuff together. And if what they send me is good enough, it, I may still respect that. But I'm just saying, have some nice stuff. Put it up on GitHub where people can see it, you know, just... Whatever it is that helps you take pride in your work, take that pride in your work, even if it takes a little bit longer. You know what, man? I see a theme, not to get too meta on you here, but I see a theme reoccurring when we do these uh, professional-minded videos that is just so much show about have something to show for yourself. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. is a huge takeaway in all of these discussions that we've had about you know brainstorming projects, and, and I think that's really cool and is a great takeaway, you know? Have something to show because otherwise you're just flapping your jowls. And yeah. uh, <laughs> There are no That's... shortage of people in the game dev community who are just getting out of college or they're about to get out of college or they're about to jump ship on their current industry. And they are here because they want to put a project together that speaks for them so they can get some attention and make a professional move. All I'm saying is make it look good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've got down here, comment your code. And there are a lot of different schools of thought about commenting your code, but th- this is one of the things I planned to pull up on screen here is an awesome article on Medium about... It's called Putting Comments in Code, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly by Bill Sauer. 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 Sorry, Bill. I don't know. He's a consultant and a teacher, and he, this is... It goes through, like, myths and different philosophies about commenting your code but you should comment your code because that is another important part of organizing it and it's going to help you again you pull this thing open six months down the road you don't know what's going on you think you're going to you won't (laughs) i've been been around long enough i thought i was going to i didn't you know it's there's no shame in that you've got other stuff to do and you might not even be working in that language anymore you may have to go back to fix a bug in a language you haven't used in that entire time like go ahead and let yourself know what's going on if in fact you need to well, plus, when you're writing code for your game, it's going to be so tailored to the experience that you're dealing with that, right. yeah, commenting is a no-brainer about how a, f- a serious function works. You know, yeah, that's, right. Every, that's everyone, awesome. Everyone agrees that game development is unique with things that you would never think to do in any other form of programming or any other use of a certain tool or language. Like, you do stuff for games that you just don't do anywhere else. So it's not uncommon that you're, like, using a thing in a slightly obscure way. So, like, it's not, you're not always going to have this perfectly tidy, nice, easy-to-read code. So, yes, go ahead and leave yourself those notes. It's no, it's no big deal. You know, it doesn't make yeah. you a bad programmer 
to make yourself a cheat sheet in your code. Yep. So that's that's a biggie. Uh, I did put down use source control. That's something you and I have gotten into together. Uh, it's something that professionally I started much later than I should have. If you have code and you're, it, it just lives in Dropbox, I mean, okay, that's something. But you need to use actual source source control for your code. Use Git, use uh, Subversion. I don't care what kind. Like, do something. It's just crucial. Like, you will lose stuff. You will make two changes, not be able to go one change back, and you'll <laughs> have to rewrite stuff. Don't do it yourself. Use good source control. That's as much as I'm going to harp on this one for this episode. Yeah, that's awesome. It's like a backup, a code backup function. It's like a series of backups. It's like something you can open up to see the evolution of your software at every point if it's well documented. That's Those are part of my notes, too. When you're checking stuff into your source control, leave meaningful notes. And uh, that's another... I'm going to pull that up real quick, too. I wanted to point out, if you are just getting into source control and you want to start using Git, which I recommend because it's I think it's the best, you can get the entire, like, pro git book for free like there's one main professional book that people recommend to start they also have great tutorials on the website but if you're a tech book reader you can get pro git in pdf format just about anywhere nice here what i pulled up here is a uh, article called how to write a git commit message and i've walked you through this process one time where yep. you you were committing your code you're going to upload it so i could download it and you had to describe it in a message so the idea here is he walks you through his strategy and how it's changed and how he leaves his best commit messages. That's how important this is. Like, I'm recommending you do this right because it's it's your best chance of saving yourself absolute heartbreak later on. Yes. Because if you're, if you're not familiar with source control, like, things happen where you have to go back to a certain point in time in your project, and it may not be the last version of the code. It may be, like, three versions back. So your your way of figuring out which commit to go to is by looking at those notes. That's your only guide. I see. Unless you want to look, unless you want to try to compare like actual lines of code until you figure out what you need. That's not going to be fun. So. Oh God, no. Right. So you can see the importance of leaving <laughs> descriptive messages for yourself when you do these uploads. Absolutely. And then that way you know, hey, this feature change happened at this upload. Well, that's when we broke the entire physics. <laughs> right. That's that's when one of our characters disappeared and never came back. Yeah, and we just still don't know what happened. Right. <laughs> One of the only other code things I have is version numbering. I, and I tried to put together a list of things people gloss over, do however they want. I'm just t trying to help you find good strategies to do this stuff. If you do your versioning right, there's a great system called Semantic Versioning. And they have a website I'll pull up too. So up on the screen, I've got the Semantic Versioning Guide. This is pretty dry reading, which I will not insist that you go do to do this. I'm going to try to boil it down for you. When you are developing your software and you are putting out updates, and what I mean by that is like you've got a game up in the iTunes store and you want to put a new version up in the iTunes store. iTunes, Google Play both support this. Your version number should look something like major.minor.patch. And I mean that's going to look like version 1.5.446 or whatever. You know, you can you can number it however you please. I'm very simple with this stuff. I go like 1.1.2, you know, because this is the second version I'm putting up or it's the second uh, bug fix. That's major minor patch. Major is when you've made, like you've rewritten a whole portion of your game or you've re rewritten the project completely. That's a major change. That's version 2.0, you know, that kind of thing. Now, let me ask this real quick while we're talking about that major change. Yeah. What if you did a big content drop in your game and added a bunch? Would that be a major patch, or 
would you signify that in a different manner? That's a good question because you are adding content without breaking old code. Generally, you would only do a major release if you are writing new code that is incompatible with old code according to okay. the system. That's what they okay. recommend. Okay, I see what you're getting at. Okay. So your minor change is like that. And the example I would give is if you have a new screen or a new function of the game, a new feature, and it's everything else is normal, but now you have this additional thing. That's a minor update. Okay. So so, so like so let's 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 think about this. The phone adds a new gesture type or something. Are you it are it can respond to fingers differently. And or so now you, you make can, a mo- you can dual wield the frying pans. There you go. And so now that would be a minor update to your software. Right. Okay. Level three here is your patch. So you got major, minor, and patch. Patch is when you've fixed a bug or you know, closed closed a security flaw or or something of this nature. And you haven't broken anything else. That is a patch. So gotcha. again, we're talking like 1.1.1. And now my, I, oh, I fixed a bug, 1.1.2. Yep. And, and the major app stores do support this and they will show it to the user. John uploaded version 1.1.2 and you can download that update. So it's, it is a big deal and it's important to have that in a way that makes sense because if you do it real badly, people will even figure it out and like, what do these version numbers mean? Especially when they're comparing them, like, what version are you using? Like, 1.1.2. Oh, really? Because I'm using, like, 2.4.b. You know? <laughs> so, it needs to make sense. And, and that's Someone something... drew a T-Rex on mine. <laughs> right. Mine's in German. On your way in, you don't know this stuff. I didn't know I was going to be on the hook for, like, maintaining legible and, like, sensible version numbers. It's not a big deal. But, again, you just need a basic strategy to it. Yeah. So, Hopefully we're filling a gap for maybe a couple of people who will listen to this because it's something you might not have known, especially if you're new to coding. If you're a new game developer who picked up coding because like you have to script parts of your game in Game Maker or something, this is meaningless to you. But I'm just suggesting it's not threatening, it's easy to get, and uh, it's it's a nice thing. Once you know these rules, you'll always know what to do once you uh, save a version of your code. It's awesome. Yeah, that's about the extent of the stuff I've got in my notes for organizing the thing you are working on right now. And now I called it productive in the notes, but we're going to talk about organizing the rest of the things around your project that help you get your work done. Cool. Which which was your idea, basically. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Just, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, just making sure all of your tools are clean so to speak you you have you have the right tools ready to go you got tools you got all of these different things that you need to keep clean and organized when you're a carpenter or something like that and you need to make sure you're you have the right measurements and you're going to read the pl- blueprint and the plans the right way when you build everything like that and that same exact work ethic that same mindset that same task driven mentality and that raw simplicity in some ways i don't know i feel like even by myself i have to remind myself it gets forgotten and you kind of get too far ahead of yourself and if you're like ah yeah i'll I'll organize my my sources for my artwork on my project later and then by the time you get part of the way through it you have all of these different folders filled with a bunch of random crap (laughs) (laughs) and you're going oh my god i wish i did this three weeks ago yeah. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've done that to myself on something where I'm just, you know, whether it's a music project or, or you know, anything else. And it's just like you put this stuff in there and then it's, it's strewn across your hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> well, productivity creates mess. I, I don't know. 
and I, I think this sort of spills into other areas of life. Like around our house, if we've got a family thing where mama has to go, daddy has to go, maybe baby has to go, we will leave the house or the apartment behind us looking like absolute chaos because <laughs> a lot happened in a short amount of time. And, you know, there's still a bunch of stuff strewn about the bathroom and my pants are in the living room floor and hopefully I have other pants on. But, like, <laughs> everything is just chaos. And then we we'll have let to somebody else and, figure it out. Right. Like, we have to come back and fix it later. You know, th- maybe we turn in and take care of it the next morning, but it does have to get fixed. And I think that's maybe a nice comparison to make because, like, when you're on top of it in your project, even if it's just computer mess, like, it creates mess. And for me yes. and for a lot of game developers, it creates mess around us. A mess in the house, a mess with stuff we were supposed to keep up with. I think the two biggest problems that you will have in the productivity realm is either too much productivity and other things are falling through the cracks, or your brain kind of gets in that mode where you're like, really, it's just basic procrastination. And you have to overcome that to be productive. So, I mean, those are the two biggest problems. Too little work or too much work. And I want to talk about the side effects of those things here. So I will use myself as a prime example because I'm at the tail end of some serious changes around my the property I own, the house that I pay for. Sure. And I live, to kind of give you a hint as a listener, I don't live in town, but I don't live out of town. But There's a lot of that around here. Yeah. My in-laws are the same way. Yeah. So it's like, like who do you call when stuff goes wrong? It's like, well, the sheriff or whatever. Yeah, like, the oh. county. I have to call. It's weird. So I have Collinsville Township, so they do their trash. But then we're on Troy Water, and Maryville delivers our mail to us. And then uh, <laughs> I have to call the county cops if I have a problem. But the cool side is I can make giant fires out here, and technically no one can get in me in trouble because we live under more rural rural sorry there's the right way to say it (laughs) rural laws in the area because we're not really a part of anybody's town we're kind of isolated it's very weird area here anyways that means i got a bunch a backyard that that not too many people get to have to experience and uh you gotta stay on top of that (laughs) right yeah it's a lot of work and because i let that kind of do its thing for a little bit i have been playing major catch-up in dad life lately Uh, for the spring i'm so close to being done it's gonna feel good but that is a real world real life example of what can creep in and cause me to like where i haven't been able to play very many games lately yeah. So looking into the project hasn't really been a reality either, and that was a bad thing on me. Now, if I would have been gradually keeping up on that and made that a part of my normal task, you know, maintaining the uh, property, it would, you know, I wouldn't be behind on yeah. some of the things that I really enjoy. And then you can do this to yourself and your project, even trying to work on a project, yeah. which is like what you were saying. Right. Productivity causes mess. Right. I, I will reveal sort of my biggest uh, discovery in recent years at this point, because then we'll talk about uh, sort of its implications. But I, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, I've, I've discovered for me, either everything is just spot on in my life or nothing is. <laughs> and I, it, it, it doesn't sound like anything, but, but the meaning is if my game project is going well, but work is going badly, home is going badly, right behind it is going to be a project breakdown too. It's going to, it's going to crap yep. out. I'm not going to be able to maintain that because everything else is going to get so bad. I can't ignore it anymore. Yep. But if I can get up early, you know, hit the gym, nice breakfast, 
do my day job well, you know, where, yep. to where people aren't wondering, like, how does he spend the day? You know, if if I can do right by my son in the morning, get him out to school, make sure my wife has what she needs, like, go to bed at a reasonable time, but then also stay focused on my project. Now, suddenly, everything is moving in the right direction. And the thing is, there's nothing to stop anything else. Yep. Because what you let fall apart becomes this jagged hook that's going to drag everything else around it down. And I, for so many decade and a half in this business, I've, I've ignored that and gone, well, I can make it up by staying up late. This is where crunch comes from. Like I can make it up by, you know, whatever. Maybe it's cause you don't know what you're doing. You plan something out wrong, whatever it was, but you got behind and you went like, I'll take it out of sleep or you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll stop, uh, you know, I'll take a day off work or I'll slack off around the house. Like it doesn't work. No. Yeah. It's better to try to stay on task in a healthy way. Like, so a huge thing for me to to not just keep harping on the same point, but it'll fit. I think it will fit very nicely into this is having a plan is the huge thing I've learned in the last decade of my life that has been just tremendous. And, 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 and what I mean is that I thought I had plans mm-hmm. before. And what the turning point was I made my own guitar amp. And I had my dad help me actually build it, but I designed it all. I made my own CAD drawing, not with CAD, but I made my own CAD drawing to scale in the computer. And I had all my parts and I had my part lists and I had everything ordered and I had it all laid out and I knew how, where I was going to cut the holes for the handles and everything was done on paper. And I just made my own basically Ikea instructions or something. <laughs> yeah. And it was incredible. And that project was fun and it was fast and it's sitting right over here. It's actually back there. You might be able to see it. It's on the other side of the entertainment center. It rips and it's just awesome. There it is. I do That's see it. it. Yeah. Yep. That's it right there. Me and my dad made that. And the thing is loud, 300 watts of just pure thunderous power. And that was the turning point for me. I made that in my early 20s. That was a turning point for me in like learning how to get something cool done with the use of very detailed plans. And how I did that was copied somebody's plans. I I looked at an amp company that I liked and I looked at their plans and humble bundle does this i've got the source code for a bunch of cool 2d roguelike games because of them and they will let you go in there and look at it and it's like oh what an amazing way to look at (laughs) how you might be able to plan something of your own like this and uh yeah that was a huge revelation to me and it was like yeah we make plans and we think we make plans but are you really making like to fit with with what you're saying is on this day I do this on this day I do this on this day I do this are you making those kinds of plans and it's actually realistic without sacrificing anything hey I only got an hour and a half to do it this day the next day I can't do it at all the next day I've got three hours yeah what's the best task to fit in my hour and a half right this what's my best task to fit in three hours this grindy shit <laughs> okay yeah that's going on Thursday, you know, that, yeah. that kind of stuff where you really start acting like your own project manager and your own boss right. and, uh, doing it for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to remind myself of this all the time. You know, if you do it for other people for money, why not yourself? Right. And if you're not doing this for a living already, you, you want, you got to say, Hey, are you going to start doing this for yourself? And then boom, you got something to show for it. And yeah. here you go. It's uh, it's really interesting because I think I recall it was on Loveline back in the 90s. Dr. Drew said when he was in med school, you had to 
so much was happening, you had to plan your time in actual like two minute increments. Like in two minutes, wow. I had to run across the room, do this, and it, it's mind blowing. And I, I ran it by my wife, and she's like, "Yeah, it's kind of like that." The, the fascinating thing about this to me, about sort of mastering yourself to make yourself as productive as you need to be, you're, you kind of split yourself into two parts. You are both the soldier and the commanding officer. You, yeah. Like you, you make this plan, you dictate what will be done and what will lead to mission success. You got to talk you, shit to yourself too. You talk shit to yourself and then you step outside yourself and you have to go do it. Or it's all going to fall apart and it's mission failure. Like if you if you set an awesome plan and you cannot be militant about sticking to it, nothing's going to happen and you've wasted even more time. Yep. But if, if you can be a soldier and you think about yourself that way throughout the day, this is what is laid before me. This is how I achieve success. I already know it because I came up with the plan. If you can force yourself to do yep. that, there's no stopping you. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Especially in this industry, man. This industry is huge. It's like the Wild West right now. Um, the <laughs> bit, yeah. the incentive to be productive is very high. I think the risk to reward in this area is worth the shot. I mean, people will go, oh, it's oversaturated. Not really, in my opinion. I think we're lacking yeah. some really good games here. I think there's huge huge voids to be filled in this industry by passionate gamers people that game i really feel like we're in a really flux not to get all weird on this podcast but we're in this weird flux where it seems like the some of the games that are being made are being made by thinking you know thinking about what's going to sell versus gamers mm -hmm. if that makes sense like passionate about the game mm -hmm. and uh i see some great <laughs> opportunities for some hungry developers that get out there and, and kind of it sound like an old hat here but brings back some of the days of of gone a, a new golden age yes 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 and, but isn't it interesting how we talk about that that clear path to success that you you set for yourself and then you compare that to that thing we keep hearing that real soon real soon sometime real soon yeah and just just the fact that you could say that and not know not know when it's coming I think that's maybe a big indicator that you aren't on that right track. It's it's the people yeah. who <laughs> the, the people who have done some version of this uh, are the ones who can tell you like this will be done December 9th if I don't you know die first, <laughs> you know. So and and not all of this stuff came. Uh, I do have a, like a good list and we'll run through this, but not all of this came to me through like freelance work or or whatever. Like as some of you guys know, I did spend more than a decade in professional software development that was non-game related. So like I've I've gained expertise from people who have been, you know, it's a much older industry. You know, the the software industry itself has been around longer than games and yes. there is a lot more um to pull from in terms of expertise, actual business training, stuff like that. This was my boot camp was when I worked for Network Solutions doing search engine optimization, which is mostly snake oil, but it's, it's a process that we would run through for client websites. Some of it was helpful, but there was a lot of BS too. But I would have upward of 45 different clients. And these are business owners, like presidents, CEOs, VPs, down to like the mom and pop shop, you know, mom and pop. But I would have up to 45 of these people at a time that we were going through this process with. And I could get phone calls from any one of them at any time. And I Damn. mean, day, night, whatever. If I was in the building, they were up my butt. So... It, it becomes an issue of, like, you have, you have to shut up, step yeah. outside yourself, get stuff done, be a machine. But if you don't have a couple systems in place, 
everything will go to hell. So I want to talk about some of the things that got me through the hardest parts of my career, things like that. The first one was when I went into the career, like I had never, I thought I'd had a hard life, but in certain ways I had not yet, like things were not required of me at that level. So I became this like epic procrastinator and like, it's been so bad. I've thought about writing a book about all the shit I got away with in the first few years of my career because it it was like office space on crack. (laughs) I, I was not on crack. But it was like pretty, pretty messed up. <laughs> so, uh, we're talking like rounds of golf in the middle of the workday and stuff, like just, just dumb stuff. I was a teenager being stupid. So, yeah. but a lot of it was because when I came back to the desk, I was lost. I didn't know what to do with myself. Okay. So the procrastination, there is an awesome, uh, technique you can use. There's a great book you can look at called the, uh, the Pomodoro technique and Pomodoro is like, we're talking like tomatoes. But for some reason, they've named it that. There's this method of dealing with procrastination by working in these 30-minute blocks. And it's always 30 minutes. You set yourself up. You turn the phone off. You put it face down. You lock the door. Whatever you have to do to not be distracted. Pull your Ethernet cable out. You have to work for 30 straight minutes. Do nothing else. Don't think about anything else. Just crank out work for 30 minutes. Then get up, go to the bathroom, drink some water, talk to a friend, whatever. And then as soon as you're ready, you sit right back down and you knock out another 30-minute block. I'm going to pull this up on the screen and put this in the show notes because the book on this is available for free. And I think that's because they use it in, like, academic settings and stuff. And I'll give you the author here in a minute, too. And so while you're doing that, I'll, I'll talk about why I like this idea tremendously. Because Too late. I'm done. No, go ahead. <laughs> reason I like this idea a lot is because I learn new things like that better. So what I mean by that is like lately I've picked up a couple of extra little fun things I want to do, throwing knives, shooting a bow. And so I haven't really been spending a lot of time doing it. But when I do spend time doing it, I make sure that it is very intentional and very pointed and directed and a better use of my time than just mulling around out there, you know, playing around i have something that i very specific that i want to get done with this that, that i need to work on but i'm only going to give myself 20 or 30 minutes yeah. and i've been progressing through learning new skills uh lately much faster like mm-hmm. this and i would imagine that you would be shocked at how much more productive you could be even if you just did 30 minutes then you goofed off for a song or or two and then 30 more minutes then you goofed off for a song or two then 30 more minutes and all of a sudden you turn around and it's been three and a half hours and you're like oh wow i actually got a decent amount of work done and i feel like i had a little bit of fun right and you can look back when this is done and if you have a a technique like this and this book is by stefan notberg forward by francisco cirillo it's it's a really good book I will have a link up to it. I really, re- it's not very long either. I recommend everybody check this out and try it. Whether you think you have a procrastination issue or not, every great once in a while, I will go back to this. The cool thing about this is a lot of times you do one or two of these and on the third one, you get really caught up in what you're doing and you just take off and work. And it's like, oh, well, I went two hours. I guess I should, you know, stop and, and get a snack or whatever. But like, it is a good way to get your head back in the game. And when you look back at your day, you know you've done at least X hours of just pure, unadulterated work and progress, got this much done. But you brought up an excellent point. When you set out that time for yourself, have a goal. Have a goal in place and go like, when this is done, I want to have the following accomplished. Yeah. And, you know, run after that. If you if you don't hit it, hit it on the next one. But yep. always have meaning 
tied into that time. They they do this in boxing. This is a big thing. If you're going to work on the bag for three three-minute rounds, the goal is not, you know, manage to keep your hands up that entire time and don't pass out. Because if you've done this, you know that, like, after that first round, it starts to get... Hard just to breathe, hard to look it across the room. It is way harder to do than you even imagine that it is. And I promise right. that if you're listening, you do think boxing is hard. Uh, it's it's at least twice as hard. <laughs> like, you, you look at the bag work and you think, like, well, that's not so bad. Yeah, you're just swinging into the thing. Like, it, it takes it's a toll brutal. on you right away. And that's how you get conditioning. But uh, one great thing my, uh, my coach – always said was if if you don't have a goal for that time something you want to <laughs> slipping and ducking here if you don't have something you want to achieve and work on during that three minutes it is time wasted like wasted. you may get a little better conditioning but if you're not like it's time to work on hooks or it's time to you know focus on head movement or, or whatever it is uh you're wasting your time yep so, today today right after work i only shot four quivers of arrows which isn't very many doesn't take long but i went out there and i was working intentionally on trying to control the height because i knew that was an issue i had and so that's what i did and i feel like i made some good progress and it was you know very intentional time yeah so once you are focused on keeping your head in the game we can sort of lump the last two points here together uh staying organized by keeping lists is huge no matter how you normally function if you're if you're not a list taker you need to become one uh, when I had 45 clients at a time, the only thing that helped me keep my job during that time was having every interaction with somebody, every task I needed to do, every callback, every call I missed. Uh, everything was on this big, huge legal pad, like big yellow uh, lawyer pads. And it, they would just spill over from one page to the next. There's this never-ending list. Anything that didn't didn't get crossed off had to happen right away. And I would just cross stuff off and add more as it came in. That actually has has spilled over into software development, which is called the Kanban technique, which is something that I'm using at my new job. And that is just a series of columns on a, a whiteboard. You have a column for your backlog or stuff that needs to be done. This is all on sticky notes. And then you've got like in progress and done. Everything yep. that you need to do goes on a sticky note, goes on that board, and you move it ac- appropriately. Realize you're not working on something anymore. Okay, it's on hold. This is still here. Oh, thank God that I wrote this down because now I remember I've got to do this. Put it in the done column when it's done. And that's that will keep you afloat. I do at work since I actually have to talk to you know quite a lot of people and, and each person has their own set of information that's unique to them and the situations that we got going on with the different engineers or something. I keep folders on people. And yeah, so yeah. you can you can take that or I can go, oh, I haven't checked my Dale folder in a couple of days. Let me make sure all my loose ends <laughs> are tied up there. And then you realize, oh, yeah, I have to ask him this. And uh, you get the picture. And so you could do that same thing. You could take that same approach with your project if you know you need to work on, you know, whatever it is. And then you stick it right back in the folder that it's with it. You know, the art for this. And uh, you can have your, your little person, your little character folders yeah. or something similar. It's interesting because you, you can take that same approach to your email inbox as well. Keep folders for people. Dude, if I have folders for everything. I do that same thing. If if something needs to uh, be addressed again, you can put it in that folder. Market is unread. It's not done yet. You got a little one popping up next to your folder now. Okay, I got to do something with uh, my boss. You know, That's super perfect. valuable. I will say for for game developers, you need a personal version of this and then one specific to your project. So... I actually use a site called Trello, and I will not, I'll not pull it up because all my personal stuff will be all over the screen immediately, but uh, it, <laughs> it, it does that sticky board technique where you can just create a card, they call it, 
put it in a column, in progress, done. You can you can assign the columns, you can add notes to stuff, but you need a version of this for your personal life. Call grandma back, uh, pay my taxes, take the trash out, <laughs> however, however intricate you want to get with your note-taking. But then you need a separate one for your game project. And this is going to be the next thing oh. you and I tackle on Twitch, because our project's getting unwieldy because we keep coming up with the stuff we want to do. We're going to start a board for that, and then we're going to start moving moving cards. Perfect. Um, the Killing Floor developers, Tripwire Interactive, they use this, and they share screenshots from this with us. Yeah, the um, this is funny. I, I actually helped get this implemented at my new job because my boss came to me and said he was thinking about this. He had heard about it, and I said, yes, let's. I will get you some research. I had just interacted with a bunch of Microsoft people at GDC in San Francisco like the week or two weeks prior, and the Xbox team uses this too. And their their chief engineer or whatever, uh, their their task lead has been pushing the Kanban technique for like he says they've used it over four years now, and he's written a book on it. He's got like an wow. hour or so long uh, presentation on YouTube, which is easy to look up if you look at like Kanban Xbox. Those search terms will bring that up, and you can watch their method to see how the actual Xbox team does their work, and it's it's worthwhile. And I sent him that that book and that video, and he goes. Yeah, we want to do this, and we'll do it this way. And when we have questions, we go to that book about the Xbox engineering team, and we uh, we figure out what we need to do. That's incredible. It was that's, it was really it's nice when things come together, and that was an example of that. That's really cool. And so, what I just sent you on um, Facebook <laughs> is that I pulled it up on my watch. <laughs> that's awesome. Is the Tripwire one? If you just want to look at it, just to be curious on how they do theirs and what it looks like, I'm sure you. It sure makes sense to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up for sure. Yeah. But, that, man, that's awesome. This is a really cool program. It's uh, interesting you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, Trello is super... Oh, yeah, man, this is... You got Killing Floors Trello here. This is awesome. So glad you brought this up. Yeah, I look at this a lot. Uh, they share it on the community, and, and they're like, hey, we got some stuff done. Look at the Trello. Yeah, this this is a great idea. This is a great form of letting like sort of your informed fans sort of follow things along. What a great idea. I, I didn't know they did anything like this. Yeah, right? I figured you'd appreciate that. That makes so much sense. That's very cool. And you see it's got comments and a bunch of upvotes. and Yeah, that's a neat thing because you can make a public board, and when you do that, people can, like, thumbs up you and, and leave encouragement and stuff. I, I you know, probably, I'm sure they could talk smack if they wanted to as well. They do. <laughs> oh, they do. That, in a nutshell... Is our is our whole discussion of uh, productivity and organization? My the entire thing you need to take away from this, uh, other than each individual thing we've mentioned, just memorize it all. Is um, <laughs> <laughs> never think that your project is too small or what you're doing is too unimportant to organize it in a very serious way, because that's your best shot, and you owe yourself your best shot yeah. of getting stuff done. Yep. So. These are things I strongly recommend checking out, and I promise we did this last week. I will put detailed show notes together, uh, much like you can find for the accessibility discussion from last week. We will have links to all this stuff. That's Sometime awesome, like, man. Probably like tomorrow ish. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good, so, uh, good, good two shows, man. These have, these have been two good ones. A lot of content. A lot of good content. Yeah, we've got a few minutes, and we're going to cut some stuff out. Do you want to tackle a question from around the web or two? Why not? You really look like you're about to say no. <laughs> you know, I really, I'm not feeling it. Uh, no, so, let's do it. Let's, why not? 
This was fun last time. Questions from around the web. I have uh, revisited Reddit, uh, for better or for worse, and uh, there were some interesting things going on there uh, today. Somebody asked what I thought was a good question. Do I need a team slash studio name, so a team name or a studio name, if I am a solo indie developer? And and this is by Soren Coder on Reddit R Game Dev. Is that his name right there, then? (laughs) I looked at that and I was like, "That, that sounds pretty good, man. You're um, done. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. So the alternative would be, uh, there are two directions this question can go. One, do I do I come up with a name or do I just use my you know God-given name or a family-given name? And pretty overwhelmingly, Reddit said, don't use your real name for you know actual development projects. Don't be like yeah. Todd Mitchell's Battlegrounds <laughs> or whatever. Um, the the reason that this was easy for me is because it doesn't have to be until this point, but before you go live with a project, before you try to sell something, you have to be incorporated in some way as a, a means of legal protection for yourself and for your yeah. family. You you have that responsibility, and you're not going to name that company after your your own name. I guess you could. It'd be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it'd be awesome <laughs> to have Todd Mitchell, comma LLC, or um, you know, comma Inc. Um, yeah. but don't do Todd that. Inc. <laughs> Todd Inc., right? Don't do that. <laughs> and the other thing is you will sound immensely more professional if you have a name for, you know, whatever studios or whatever software, softworks. I don't care what kind. You could make a pretty funny generator for this, actually. Maybe we should tackle that. Do that. You'll sound way more professional and you'll sound even more professional if you can put, you know, Inc., LLC, Corp., you know, behind it, that's going to lend you some some credit, whether it's deserved or not. So my my answer to that is, yeah, go ahead. It's hard. It's stressful. I've done it twice now. Come up with a name. Even a bad name is okay. Yeah, better than no name. And then also remember that your name is going to probably reflect the cl- kind of clientele you attract. So be careful. Yes. Uh, do, <laughs> do think seriously about it. Check thoroughly to make sure you're not encroaching on somebody else's thing. But do 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 it. And do do it. Do do it. There it is. (laughs) So question two is from our buddy Paul Nicholas, who when I put on Twitter, hey, everybody, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? He answered with the following. He said, how do we help promote slash champion original game concepts? So that's to say when you come across a game that is not the same as every other thing and he he tagged something to the effect of like maximum battle royale reached or whatever like he's sick of seeing like everything starting to look the same which I get. Yeah, yeah. My suggestion and I want to hear your thoughts on this but my suggestion would be find all the original concept games, drop them onto an island and let them fight until there's only one left. <laughs> And then that will be the champion original game concept. Has that been done? Or is that... (laughs) That's so funny, man. (laughs) This is a good question, though. Like, you know, if you find something original and you're worried because you should be worried, it's a giant ocean of oversaturated game markets. How how can you contribute to that being um, discovered by more people and see that developer get rewarded? Like, what are your thoughts? Boy... I don't I don't really know. I think you would have to see depends on what you mean as success because I think you would have to see the way the gaming community goes, like the streamers sure. and and that kind of a thing. You'd have to see some kind of push from them because a lot of what the a lot of what the kids these days are paying attention to 
or what the streamers are doing. And the streamers are playing the Battle Royale games. And if you saw other games, you might see a shift. I don't know. Or maybe we're all just really wrong and a majority of people really do just want to play Battle Royale games. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not worth worrying about. I don't know. (laughs) We might just be ruined. It might just be all they want to do with their PC. We just face that no one wants to do anything else. Um, I, I, I know, and I know you don't look at it that way. No. I don't either. There are a few things I don't expect people to do what I what I do and what I have done. When I started my website, one of the first things I started doing was started the Inside Indie Dev series, which is for no money and for no promise of anything. I went out and found indie games I really liked, and I interviewed their their creators, their developers for my website. And I've put up uh, many uh, articles about this stuff from these interviews, and I'm trying to find one. They're sort of far back on the site now, but obviously the, people are very appreciative of stuff like that. But what can one person do from like a player's perspective? I think one of the most important things is obviously to two things. Share it with your friends, the people you play games with. Let them know what it is, why you yeah. like it. Just a very basic, like, hey, you've got to check this out. This is really cool. The other thing is, do reach out to that developer, because that means so much. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say in many cases, more than actual numbers, more than dollars and cents, if there are people contacting you as a developer to say, man, I love this. I think this is great. I- you are a creative person. This is an awesome game. You are valuable. Uh, and as I always say, because no one's hesitating to tell that person they suck. Like, nobody waits five seconds to go, like, this is a piece of shit, and I don't know who you think you are or why you bother doing this. I've certainly gotten that. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) likes that. So it's a lot less common that people hear something nice. So be the person who says something nice to that developer. There's a much better chance they're going to stay active if they hear enough of that. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Spread the word. You guys can start the stuff that that you want to see. You don't have to get weird. You don't have to start your own fan site. Like, don't, don't scare the developer <laughs> but uh yeah but yeah yeah consider yourself like like when my friends at obsidian invited me out to check their studio out and introduced me to people as like this is a member of our community like i thought that was like the nicest thing in the world i, I was just some guy i didn't really tell them much about what i do i did tell them like i'm a developer but like i didn't say like i run this website i run this podcast they just brought me in because they thought like this guy's a fan he doesn't seem crazy and he's going to be in the area let's have lunch that was the nicest thing in the world. And they, they walked me around and said, like, this is one of our community members. Uh, you know, tell them what's up. And people were very, like, they treated me like royalty that whole time. Like, it that's is awesome. Im- it's important to just be part of someone's community. Because that's that's a big reason we do this stuff. We want to reach out. We want to feel like it resonates. And that's a great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. To push new games and new concepts in the industry and just be positive and and forward thinking the the trend right now sometimes trends can be depressing to deal with but keep <laughs> keep your heads up yeah. things change you know and if you got a good ideas that's what you need to remember too don't don't just say it was the trend's fault be real with yourself did you actually make something that was fun are yeah. you trying to make something that's actually fun that people want to play or are you just trying to not do the trend and i've caught myself doing that a lot so <laughs> yeah protect yourself from that I'll give you one more. If you want to really do a developer a solid, if you use Reddit or you are a member of Reddit, active at all, post their game, post something there. Do something at Reddit because Reddit is harsh on people who self-promote on Reddit. 
And I agree with that. I think that's a good system because Reddit would be a dumpster otherwise. But if you if you take your own stuff to Reddit, like you are going to have problems that day. <laughs> like you may get some hits, but you may not like the results. So if you love a game, just take it there and be honest. Here's a funny clip I I recorded of me playing this game the other day. Or like, here's something I don't think people have seen. Like you can check it out on this Steam page. That will be super valuable to that developer because that's one thing they have to be real careful about doing themselves. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good point. Yeah, that's two out of the three I had down. I think we'll save the last one for next time because that it's, works. Uh, very uniquely tied to uh, <laughs> what we've been doing on Twitch. Anyway, like I said, if you guys enjoy what we're doing here, share it with a friend. We would love to have you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, You can even sign up for emails at CodeWritePlay.com. That's where the podcast lives. Reach out to us. Tell us what you think of the show. uh, Ask us questions. Talk about what you'd like to hear in the show. And uh, John has already signed into Blizzard and thinks that I can't see him. So we will call it for the day. Thanks to John. He doesn't get paid. So be nice to John. <laughs> and uh, we'll do. We'll, we'll get back to the the uh, development streams and such. So uh, thanks, everybody. We will check you out next time. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>